What, 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 what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Crossing Broadcast. I am your host, Kyle Pagan. Hit that thumbs up for me if you're watching on YouTube and subscribe on YouTube or the podcast wherever you get your podcast. We have a great show for you today. We got Harry Mays coming on at 1230. But right now, let's bring my man, Ant Sanfilippo, on to talk a little bit about the birds. What's up, Ant? How's it going, man? Doing well, doing well. Thanks good for joining. Fill, Kevin. Yeah, good to fill in for the yeah. uh, under the weather, Mister Kincaid. What a pussy, am I right? <laughs> you know what, though. I mean, tell me. Let's be honest. And and Kev, I love the man, right? How about is everyone in that household sick? Like weekly, like twenty four seven three sixty five. It's it's unbelievable. I mean, could you imagine? I I don't know. I I was. <laughs> I, I can't I can't imagine constantly being in a home where someone is always sick. It's a great it's great birth control. I'll tell you that to have to have zero kids. I mean, you send a kid to, to kid to school. They're getting a bunch of viruses. You send a kid to daycare. They're getting a bunch of viruses. The winter's coming up. Oh, my God. I'll tell you, but listen, I had I had three. Well, I have three kids. They're all adults now. Right. But but the point is, is that I remember sending them to daycare. And if I got sick once a year. When my kids were in school, that was a lot. Like once a year is when I would get sick. Other than that, I was never sick. I don't get it. Are you saying parents are softer nowadays? Yeah, I think that's what it is. That's what it is. Parents, parents are soft, man. Yeah, I mean, listen, there was no gluten allergies when I was going to school. There was only a peanut right. butter table. There was only a peanut butter table, and we we ostracized those kids. You know, if, if someone had a peanut butter and jelly, we would say, "Get the hell over there! We're we're eating our peanut butter and jelly. You go to your table." Those those kids those kids would start uh, asphyxiating while we were at the lunch in the lunchroom, and they would say, "Go see the nurse." Yeah, yeah. Get your epipen. Go stab it in your thigh. Um, uh, well, obviously, I'm 30, so I still don't have kids and everything. But here's the thing. I don't think people know how to properly talk about this Eagles team because I don't think well, we've experienced it one time back in 2004, yep. 12 and one. Yep. But I, even that 04 team didn't beat everybody handily as much as this this team is, as well as I think answer questions like everybody has questions about this, this, this team. And they continuously, in my mind, answer them every single year just can they stop the run uh yeah they go out and sign Linville Joseph and Indomitian Sue does the special team suck yeah but then they go sign this 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 special teams elite Christian Ellis guy off the practice squad Britton Covey and and, and Boston Scott are playing well now I'm gonna say this amp and I don't know if you're gonna agree with it mm-hmm. in my 30 years of living on this earth this is the best Eagles team of my lifetime top to bottom on paper on the field the best team I've watched in the last 30 years. What do you think about that? Well, they're close. I, I still would go with the 04 team, um, and I'll tell you why. And the only reason I, I would do that is I think that 04 team played a lot more uh, difficult of a schedule and okay. got, and got to and was this good, okay? Um, this This team is very good. This is a very good Eagles team. It's just that, you know, when, when you – the NFC this year is bad. It's just let's be honest. The whole conference. You you have the Eagles, you have the the Cowboys, and you have the 49ers. And that's really it. I mean, no other I don't think there's I think Minnesota's Fugazi. They're a four. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't think that there's another good team in the NFC. I mean, Detroit. The Eagles went over Detroit on opening day 
that might have been, in all honesty, that might have been the best team that they've played this year when you really cut it down up to this point. I mean, Dallas, of course, was was is a better team, but they, they played them with Cooper Rush instead of Dak. That 0-4 team just played better opposition, and, and that's why I look at look back and say what they were able to do against better teams, against better defenses, that team to me is far more impressive, was still more impressive. Now, if this Eagles team goes into the playoffs – and beats Dallas and San Francisco on back-to-back weeks, division round, conference championship to go to the Super Bowl, then I think there's a a different argument. Then I sit there and say, okay, this might be the best Eagles team of the last 30 years. Okay, so this is how I'll rank my Eagles teams in my lifetime. I will rank them 2022. I will rank 02 second. I really liked that O2 team. They were good on offense. They were good on defense. They were just, I think, a well more rounded out machine than that O4 team who couldn't stop a nosebleed on the run, but they were very good against the pass. Right. Um, and then I'm looking it up right now as you were talking. According to Pro Football Reference, the strength of schedule on the O4 team was worse than the 2022 team right now. Now, I don't understand what goes into that data, what goes into that rankings and everything. But I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I, what I'll say about the difference is, is that it, this, you might the strength of schedule is based off of records, right? So what's, what was the team's record? But the talent in that in that era around the league was different than it is now. In other words, bad teams back then were far superior to bad teams today. It's just it, it's it's just the it, it you're gonna roll your eyes at me. Is that I because did. everyone was running the West Coast offense back it in was the day? Now we have different. It was a different game. No, the game was different. It was a f- much more yeah. physical game. It was a it was you know defenses could do more than they can do now. Um, I mean, look, yes. think about it. Like you know, yes, there's always going to be busted plays and bad plays, and somebody makes a stupid play. But really, like for example, you look at the touchdown um, against the Giants. Uh, you know where the safety comes flying in. And just like, what the hell was he doing? Like, I mean, that's just a stupid play that, yeah, could that have happened in 2004? Of course it could have happened in 2000. I'm not that much of an idiot. But those things didn't happen with that kind of regularity that they happened in football. There's a lot more mistakes in football. Football has become more of an opportunity, um, taking advantage of mistakes, league, sport, than it was in 2004. 2004, I think you had to, you had to create more on your own. To, and be to be successful. I think you take advantage of bad teams a little bit easier today than you did then. I see your point on the bad teams, and you could do different things back in 04, but I now I will raise you that we now have offensive linemen who are running like four, six, 40s. We have defensive linemen who are, are insane athletes. We have wide receivers. Everybody just seems like is more it, of an insane It's athlete. a different – it's a, certainly a different game. So it's, it's, it's saying a, so you can't really so, compare what, errors. Yes, it's, it's hard to compare errors because – while I think there are players back then who could not play now, I also think there are players now who couldn't play then. What position do you think would, would not be able to play? What, what, what position do you think would be, have the hardest time playing back in 04? I wide think, receivers? Yeah, I think wide receivers. Because wide receivers weren't as – it wasn't as easy to be as dominant as a wide receiver. So like, when you look at what T.O. was able to do in 04, that was special. Okay, I mean, Randy Moss in that era, those guys were special players because they were big, physical and able to beat defenses that were a lot more handsy, a lot more physical with them. Um, You were allowed to get smoked coming over the middle. Right. I mean, there was a lot of things that receivers had to endure back then that they don't they no longer have to worry about. 
So I say wide receivers probably the most the, the probably the biggest difference in the game today versus then. Yes. Okay. I'm going to go back to my point though about this team being the best I've ever seen. 2022 Jalen Hurts in my mind is having a better season than 2017 Wentz, better than 04 McNabb, better than 02 uh McNabb as well. Um the 04 and 2002 teams they this 2022 team has better wide receivers than all three of them. The defense was carried, I think, in in seventeen by its rushing attack. This um, is a better, this is a better defense for, than than seventeen, yeah. But then you look at the depth pieces on seventeen, and you could definitely compare them to the twenty twenty two depth pieces for sure. And whatnot, they're definitely a, a team built by death. Obviously, a Howie Roseman team. Um, that 0-4 team was kind of the middle of the road and stopping the run. Uh, didn't and we're middle of the road right now, stopping the run, even though we just went through the gauntlet of running backs that we were told was going to run for three hundred yards a piece on us and whatnot. We we handled them pretty well. Yeah. Um, and then that that team back in 04 didn't really run the ball entirely well. And you see us right now. We're this this twenty two team can do everything, even stop the run. They can they can beat you through the air. They can beat you on the ground. They have two of the best corner tandems in the league. I I just think. This this team this year, I think when when we're like ten years, fifteen years down the road, people are like, not that people don't appreciate them, but it's just it's so hard to talk about after just living, you know, your life and just just waiting for the shoe to drop. Yeah, and the but next bad thing to happen. This is this is very so the, the season Jalen Hurts is having is very reminiscent to me. And I'm you know, this is going to go before your time, but it's very reminiscent to me of Randall's 1990 uh, okay. when he was the ultimate weapon. Um, now Randall didn't didn't do what Jalen did, you know, statistically game to game. But if you go back and look at Randall's numbers in 1990, he rushed for almost a thousand yards and he threw for, I believe it was 30. I want to say 3,300. I, I haven't looked it up in forever, but I would say like 3,300 yards. Um, did he throw more interceptions? Yes, but there was, he was throwing the ball more than Jalen is now. Uh, but I do think Jalen is better protecting the ball for sure than, than, uh, than Randall was, but it's a very reminiscent of that quarterback season that Randall had and I almost wish that you know I back then it was like oh man Randall if he only had weapons if he only had weapons like if he had Randall had the kind of talent around him that Jalen has now that Jalen would be having a great season but it would always be ranked as number two because that 90 season for Randall Cunningham was unbelievable when you consider that his receiving options were Calvin Williams and Fred Barnett uh he had Keith Jackson who was a great tight end but then like they didn't have a running game. I mean, <laughs> Keith Byers was the running back. He was okay, but not a great runner. He was a good receiver out of the backfield. But that's I mean, he didn't have the weapons, and the offensive line was crap. I mean, it was terrible. So for Randall to put up what he did, and probably should have been MVP that year, even though Montana won it, um, this is Hurts is having that kind of season uh, now. That, and I think it compares very well to that 90 Randall season. Yeah, so I'm looking at the Randall season right now. 3,466 yards, 30 touchdowns through the air, five on the ground, and another uh, another 942 yards on the ground. Yeah. So, I mean, you're looking at about, is that 46, 45? Yeah, 40. Yeah. How many times was he sacked that year? How many times was he sacked in 1990? He was because sacked 49 times. Yeah. Think about that, okay? <laughs> Dude, and in 1986, he was sacked 72, 72 times. Yeah, I know. That was, I think that's a record. I, I, I think that's the record still. They had no offense. sitting out there like, oh, I thought I had it bad. <laughs> they had no offensive line. So, I mean, for Randall to put up the numbers he put up, I mean, just think about how good he had to be. And that Eagles team really 
you know, the next year was the 91 year was the year that everybody thought was going to be a Super Bowl. Of course, mm-hmm. Randall gets hurt the first game of the year. The defense goes number one against the rush, number one against yep. the pass, number one overall, and doesn't even make the playoffs because they had no quarterback. Jimmy so, McMahon, right? Well, if that, if McMahon played, I think, 12 games, but he got hurt twice mm-hmm. in the season, and they and they lost the four games he didn't play. So they finished 10 and six, didn't make the playoffs, and they lost the four games that McMahon didn't play. So. <sighs> It was a rough year. I mean, that was the year we all thought that they were going to win the Super Bowl, and they didn't. I'm just um, lucky, and anyone my age is lucky just to be born in 93. I mean, we yeah. have seen the greatest era of Eagles football in the history. I mean, if you Eagles want to go back football, to Phillies baseball. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, well, I, could, I mean, I won't say I won't say Sixers yet, but I mean, even <laughs> still, I mean, look, look, I mean, as great as those 80s Sixers teams were, and they were great, um, I, I don't know if any of them could play in today's game. I mean, that's... Yeah. You know, so what you're seeing, the level of play in basketball today, I don't know. But, yeah, you are. You're lucky. You're right. I mean, you got for two sports, you've got definitely definitely with two sports, you've gotten the best in the history of the franchise for sure. Yeah, I mean, unless you want to go back to 49 and 48 and 60 and so yeah. and winning that in a 12-year span. But I think football is a little different back then. It was, again, it was a different sport, different game. And, and no one's going to be able to debate me on that because they're all in hospice care or they're dead. <laughs> That's true. This um, true. So here we I go. I wasn't even alive then. <laughs> yeah. So here we go. We got we have the number one seed. We're two. Uh, I think the magic number is two games away. We have the chance to um, clinch the number one seed on Christmas Eve, which is a blessing. Also a curse because, man, that is the worst time for a game on Christmas Eve when it actually matters something, because that is the prime time of your family sitting down to dinner and yeah. you're doing a stupid hour, hour and a half dinner. No one does it buffet style like they should. And you have to sit down and you have to just talk with people that you not all the time want to talk to and stuff for that long. And you just want to watch the Eagles game and someone's watching on the phone. And I know I'll be watching on the phone and we'll be half working, half not and everything. Um, But so we have the chance to potentially clinch the number one seed on Christmas Eve. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. And it takes me back to the the Ravens year where they clinched, they wrestle Lamar, they get the, the, the buy in in the, uh, in the first week. And then Lamar hasn't played for like two to three weeks now. They clinch at Christmas Eve. What's what's the strategy? Is it th- a preseason strategy of the first half? Like, what do you think? I think it, I think against New Orleans, you're going to see them play, and for no other reason than it just for it benefits the organization, right? If the Saints lose, that's better draft pick, right? So, so in all honesty, I mean, yes, you're you want to win the Super Bowl, and yes, you don't want to get your stars hurt. So in a game that doesn't matter, why would you want to play them? Well, that does have a little bit of something, mean a little bit of something to the organization the, you know, so I think that you'll see them play may not be the full game, but it, you'll see the, the, the starters out there against New Orleans. I don't think they play a, a down against the Giants the last game of the year. If, if, if that's the case, I mean, I just don't see it happening. I, you just rest them that game for sure. And then you get the buy and then they come back off of two weeks you know, healthy as can be and, and ready to play probably Dallas again. I mean, that's that's your likely if that's the case, if the Eagles are the number one seed. You're probably playing Dallas in the divisional round because Dallas is going to play the whoever, whatever shitty team wins. The NFC guess, South. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and they'll beat them. They're better team. And then it'll be Dallas Eagles. Are you a fan of the uh, the NBA reseeding model, kind of the way they do the playoffs and stuff? No, I never have been. I never have been for football because it's a one game playoff and and to me getting a buy that's your reward for having the best record so like why should you then be rewarded a second time to play the worst remaining team 
I believe in a bracket. I always have believed in a bracket. Maybe I'm old school that way, but I think that the the number one seed should play the winner of the four five, and the number two should play the winner of the three six. And if it happens to be that a lower seed pulls an upset, well, so be it. That's just what happens. That's they don't recede in the NFL playoffs, right? Or they, do they recede? They do in the NFL. They do playoffs. recede. They okay. do. Yeah, I don't like receding. I just don't. I just think it's stupid. And the only way I'm I'm good with it is if there's no. If there's no buy, if there's no buy, then you got, okay, fine. You're going to give them, here's the, here's the, the reward for being the best team. You win, you have to win a playoff and then, okay, now in the second round, you get an easier opponent than, than your, than the second place team. Okay, fine. But if there's a buy to me, the buy is an, is the inherent reward for being good. So therefore it should be a bracket. But don't you think, man, you've played 17 games. You've put your life on the line. Shouldn't you have the easiest road to the to the Super Bowl? No, you do have it already. You have the bye and you're playing at home. What more do you what else is there? I it's don't want to play the, the 13 and three or the, 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 the 12 and four Cowboys. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, you mean there's a little twist. So wait, wait, wait. Not everybody thinks this is a guarantee that the Super Bowl is happening. I don't think it's a guarantee, but oh, I think. Okay. Like, <laughs> but they're twelve and one. They, you know, they, they've 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 run through everybody. They've played so well. They deserve the easiest easiest road to the Super Bowl. I I hear it. I keep hearing everybody talking about how great, how great, how great. But you know what? If you want to be the best team of your lifetime, you want to be the best team in the league. You want to win the championship. You better beat the other good teams. Instead of I mean, I know it still counts the same. But I mean, are you happy if they're playing? You know. Some shitty seven seed who barely sneaks in, yes. and then there's an, and then there's an upset, and you get you know. My goal is to Washington be ten blocks up the- on Broad Street and and interviewing just random drunk Eagles fans. That's my goal, and being drunk with them in the camaraderie. My Great, goal that would be awesome. To, yeah, but it, it would be fantastic. I hope it happens for you. But what I'm saying to you is, is that there's, and I think this might be a generational thing because I find it all the time. I, I feel like. We've always we always felt to get there you should be able to you want to beat the best teams. That makes it better. That makes it great. Beat the best teams in the Super Bowl. But there's still there's two good teams on the way. There's two good teams in the way to the Super Bowl. You may be better than them. The Eagles may be better than Dallas. They may be better than San Francisco, but prove it by beating them and then go to the Super Bowl. And that that makes that would make the trip. And you guys don't I don't think you guys understand it. That would make it sweeter. You win that. You win those. You beat the other teams who everybody else thinks is good, who ESPN has ranked their computer ranks ahead of the Eagles to, to win the Super Bowl, right? Dallas is the favorite that has the most chances. To win to the Super Bowl, not, not to make the Super Bowl because the, the data is just all discombobulated. <laughs> well, the number the number one, so the reason that is, and, and I, I, I don't know if Kevin really just wrote about that, but. The reason that is is you have a better chance of making the Super Bowl as the number one seed because you have one less game to play. So that's why the Eagles have a better chance of getting there. But if da- so, in other words, the Super Bowl winning the Super Bowl, the, uh, they're saying if Dallas gets there, they have a better chance of beating the AFC team than the Eagles do. Is what the computer is saying. Okay, that's, that's, but but so that's what I'm saying. Like if that's if that's the case, then beat the good teams. Then you can't. Then there can be no argument. Then there can be no. This can be a great run. You beat the best teams each each step of the way. What, why would you want it any other any other way? Why would you want 
cakewalks over over shitty opposition. That doesn't because make it. I fun. don't care how it gets there in 20, 30 years. They're not going to understand. They're not going to care how the Eagles got there. They're going to care about the banner hanging up in the. Link I disagree. I disagree. I think people say it all the time. Like, like when teams win, like, like you know, uh, tw- the 2020 uh, uh, Lakers, they shouldn't have won because it was a Fugazi championship uh, or the, the the Dodgers that year. You know, that was only a 60 game season. Yeah, it was crap. Oh, the Red, uh, Washington when they won in 87 because it was the strike year. Uh, that, that shouldn't have counted. Spurs, I mean, people yeah. still people remember when the team isn't. Who cares? What the what do you care outside of the city limits? Outside of the the one nine zero three zero one nine whatever area code, it, it matters to me. It oh, matters. It, to it me. does not matter to me. It matters to me that there's a banner hanging up in the Lincoln Lincoln That's Financial great. Field that I can always look at and be like, I was better than you. I was better than you. I was better than you. 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 And all of you. You can, and that's fine. I mean, no one's taking the banner away. I'm not saying it should it should have an asterisk on the banner. What I'm saying is is that when you compare. What happens after the fact is you look back historically in sports and you compare champions. This champion was better than this champion. This champion, and 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 if you want your team to just kind of get shuffled down the list a little bit, be kind of like, yeah, they won a championship, but they were kind of just, you know, in the in the middle of the of the grouping. Or do you want people to say, you know what, that might be the best team that the, they've seen in a lo- in their lifetime? Like you're saying, I'll give you an example. Here's one. I'll I'll give you an example of Super Bowls. Right for years. People argued what was the best Super Bowl, what was the best Super Bowl, what was the best Super Bowl, and there was debates between a variety of games. Is there ever, is there even a doubt Eagles-Patriots was the best Super Bowl game played? I mean, I would, I would give you Rams-Titans back in the day. It was really good. Yeah. Eagles, the Eagles game was better. Sure. sure. It was better. And I, it, to me, and it's it's like it's not just because it happened with the Eagles. It was the best Super Bowl game of my life of my lifetime. And I, you know, I say it all the time. It, it's when you have that kind of that kind of um, Patriots outcome. Rams again, really good, not great, not as great as the Eagles game. I would say the number two. I mean, I you know probably is. San Francisco, Cincinnati, 89, wow. Montana going 92 yards at the last drive of the game to win the Super Bowl. I mean, I think that was probably the next best one. Um, but, I mean, even like in college basketball, like, I, you know, I'm not a Villanova guy. You're not a Villanova guy, <sighs> right? Yeah. But come on, how hard is I mean, is it is it hard to say there was a better finish to a ch- college championship game? Yes. NC State, Jimmy Valvano. What a game. <laughs> I remember it. I remember it like it was yesterday. Jimmy V running all around. I can admit it. I'm not a Villanova guy, but I can admit that's the best championship game I've ever seen. The way it ended. It's just unbelievable. So, I mean, like it, you know, it's good to have that. It's good to have those moments where you remember it being the best of something. You want this team to be remembered forever as the best of something, especially now. Obviously, we sit here and say the Eagles only won one Super Bowl, right? So the 2017 team, that's, you know, they they have carte blanche the rest of their lives in the city of Philadelphia. Well, if you start winning more than one and now you got to now you got to compare. It's like, well, what was what was more what was more fun? What was more impressive? Was it rolling through a bunch of bad teams and, and winning a championship or was it? surprising the hell out of everybody and upsetting slaying the dragon beating they the goat 17 they ran through a bunch of bad teams in 17 they did but nobody thought they were going to win they were the underdogs in every playoff game because they had backup quarterback listen you tell the 18 and one patriots about if they wanted to face the packers or they wanted to face the giants i would say probably every fan in new england like, i would love to face the Packers because they had, because they saw the giants and they saw how the giants played yeah. them in the last game of the season it was like this team can compete with us 
Like, like they were the Giants. They weren't afraid of that team. They were like, we're going to beat this team. 100%. So, yes. I then that's once again a reason why they I lost. Won't I, but they I, lost. If they would have won, would they have would they appreciated that Super Bowl maybe a little bit more than any of the others? I don't know. They've six. I of think them. so. They've six of them. I mean, I guess yeah. so because they would have been undefeated and everything. They would have been the best team in, in in the history of of teams. And but then again, that team still gets ranked very high at the top. True. Does. Obviously, not the best team of all time because of what happened. But they do get ranked pretty high at the top. So I would rather be eighteen. I would rather be. Uh, 13 and three and just run through the Super Bowl against le- lesser value teams or be an 18 and one team. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm remembered as being one of the best teams of all time. But, but the, Oh, did you want to say, but you're saying, but you're nope. saying if you're going to win, if, if we're comparing apples to apples and you win the Super Bowl, who do you think is going to be more, more beloved? The 17 or the 22? I think it's going to be 17. Aunt, if, you unless you, first. unless you beat everybody. You always unless remember you your first aunt, <laughs> the 17 team. It will forever be loved because they were your first. Now this 2022 team does have a chance of uh, of potentially usurping usurping the usurping. Uh, you're right usurping the uh, the 17 team because I think this team is just as beloved and there's still some guys held over from that 17 team that yeah. are beloved. So all yeah, right, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. There's still a lot of time. Still a lot of time to go. Believe it or not, I mean, it just it drives me nuts when I listen to the you know best team ever going yeah, to. Seems the like you're not a Super big Bowl. fan of this team this year. You seem like you still have some reservations. It's not that I have reservations. It's I've seen this. I've seen it before. I've been around long enough to see overconfidence, and this not saying that the team is overconfident, but the city reeks of overconfidence right now. Reeks There's of it. Nothing, there is nothing better than a cocky Philadelphia. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, it's funny. It's entertaining. Oh, the best. <laughs> there is it's nothing totally better. I mean, look at look at us during the World Series run. We were totally- the fifth, fifth seed, or what were we, the sixth, seventh seed, whatever seed we were. That was that was that's what makes it so. Seventeen was great because of that. Same 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 situation. They weren't expected to win. So yes, this city is awesome when it's. We're we're not expected to win, but we're going to go out there and we're going to fight and claw and keep beating people, and the run makes it even greater. And I'll tell you, the start of the Phillies run, you know, I mean, got to remember that you know they were not expected to win in 07. and you know, we're even though Jimmy was like we're the team to beat, and then they make the great comeback against the Mets to get into the playoffs, and yeah, they get swept, but that kind of started the fuel for that, right? So it was all the, you know, we're not expected, we're not expected, and then you get excited for it. Um, Flyers when they went to the Stanley Cup in 2010, nobody expected them to go, and they went. That was made. That's what made the run great. So yeah, when we're an underdog, this city is awesome. I still kind of feel like we are an underdog. I don't. I think that I think that it's overconfidence right now. I think it's just like I think it's just like we're we're the FBI, best team. FBI <laughs> has the Cowboys literally 50 percent chance to win the NFC last yeah, year last week. That's okay. I love that. I think we're the underdog. I I don't think anyone. I mean, Brock Purdy is looking like the second coming of 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 Big Dick Nick, Big Cock Brock, and <laughs> and it could be are like and people are like 49ers look pretty good. Eagles don't want to see him. Like, well, you don't want to you don't want to see the 49ers because of their defense. They've only given up 64 points in the last six games. 64 in the last Eagles almost scored 64 last week by themselves. And the Eagles, the 49ers, gave up 64 in the last six games. That's a that's a an elite defense. That's why I say play that team and you beat that defense. You put up 30 points against the 49ers. Then you got something special. Then you're something special. That's yeah. why I say that. Like I, I'm, I, you know, I can't, I can't be overconfident about the Eagles yet because I haven't seen that. 
And they may not. They may not play them. 49ers could get upset just as easily. I, who knows? So we're overconfident, but I wouldn't say the Eagles are overconfident. I think. Oh, I don't think they are okay. at all. And that's and that kind of equals it out, don't you think? Oh, it, sure. Sure does. I think it's a fan thing right now that's overconfidence. It's not the Eagles. That's fine. We don't suit up on game day. <laughs> it's not the Eagles. No, I think the Eagles know what they are. I think the Eagles know what they are. They know what they do well, and they hide their they hide their flaws well. They hide their flaws well. I, and, and, and I think that that's the, the question is, can another team expose them? Can another team find them? Well, what would you maybe, maybe not. What I'm is sorry. there to expose? I don't think the Eagles are as good a team because I'm not a I'm not a fan of how they coach from behind. I really don't. I'm not a fan of how they coach under pressure. I'm not a fan of when a game is tight, when a game is close. I really I think that's when you see Sirianni and and Gannon and Steichen make calls that are like, what are you guys doing? Are you referencing the Colts game? Because that's a very well that was a very bad that was, I mean, that's that's the one that sticks out more than any. But it's not just that. Like I, I even think like the, the the Washington game. I thought that there were some some bad choices, and you know, like I didn't think it was a good idea to go. I mean, look, I know they weren't it, they weren't behind, or it wasn't like especially close. But going forward on fourth and nine against the Giants, or I was like, that's not the smartest play here. That's not the right call. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, if you don't get this, you're giving them, you're letting a team back into the game. Like, I mean, okay, third down, you want to go for the big play. Okay, fine. And if, if it works, great. If it doesn't work, okay, fine. Then you still have fourth down to, to play, you know, a little bit of field position. But make the Giants work. Don't give them the ball right near midfield. Like, so, I mean, I think that there's decisions that they make. And I, and I worry that you get into a game that has so much more meaning that that will be the approach that they take and it could come back and bite them. So it's not necessarily about skill or talent on the field. I think that there's decision making that can come into play where you end up getting burned. And it and it it's something that you sit there and say, we had a great season and it played a good game and one thing went the wrong way and it ended up costing us. I think that that can still happen. All right. Let's get the opinion of Harry Mays, who just jumped in. Yeah. Harry. What's going on, guys? How What's are up, you? Uh, I see like I got the, the shine on my head, this damn stream yard. <laughs> I should probably go put a hat, a hat on. That's why I, I wear the hat, Harry. Well, yeah, I know, Anthony, and you, and you look great in that hat. But, uh, <laughs> you know, like I do some things on Zoom, and Zoom doesn't do that. But, but sometimes StreamYard, because I got a light like right above my head, mm-hmm. it, it looks it looks awful. So I apologize. But I'm I got to ask you, what, what guest bailed this morning when hey. you had to send me a text just a few hours ago asking me to come on? And I bailed yeah. on you last time. No, so no, I, no, no, no. You were always at the top of uh, of our list. It was just laziness on my part. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I can believe that. That's why I'm here too, Harry. Okay. Just so you know, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. I mean, we, I was. You know who I was trying to get on? I was. Try, I, I emailed probably 15 different people from ESPN Analytics trying to get the FBI guy on who's who's running the FBI because I want to. I I think they need to answer about why the Cowboys are 50 percent still ready to win the NFC. What's and the FBI? Win the Super Bowl. What the hell is FBI? Football. Power, Power. Yeah. index. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> You're that, an analytics guy, right here. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big analytics guy, as you can tell. <laughs> um, no, th- what that is is that they've got a, a department of of guys on a computer where they can feed Stephen A. Smith garbage on a daily basis <laughs> that he can go and either regurgitate or argue with and bitch about uh, on those shows that I don't know who watches. 
That's what that is. FPI. 100% agree with you. Total bullshit. 100%. We were talking about earlier. I'm I'm about I'm about to be turning uh, 30 years old. This is the oh. best team in my lifetime. This 2022 Eagles. Eagles team. What do you think about that? Wow. Ant, Ant, Ant called me called me out on a couple. He gave me 04. Yeah. I back 02 I liked. He talked about uh the 90 team that was very good and 91 obviously would have been Oh yeah, when, when Randall better. got hurt. Yeah, against Green Bay week one. Oh, yeah, that would that would have been that would have been an unbelievable team. Um, You know, we take these snapshots of of what is happening now and sometimes lose perspective of what just happened a handful of years ago. I mean, let's let's give this time to breathe a little bit here. Get into the playoffs and see if you can, you know, get home field throughout, which I think they will. And I heard you guys talking and I agree with you, Anthony. There's there's some head scratching moments uh, during the regular season with these young coaches, they just they just they get crazy sometimes. And I think that is exacerbated or will be exacerbated if they fall behind. They're a good bully team is mm-hmm. what I like to call a team like the Eagles. Like they play from the front. Oh, man, they're awesome. Nothing, you know, hardly anything goes wrong. And if it does, you kind of just push it under the rug. But uh, you brought up a couple of instances where you're just like, what are you doing? Like, like, why? And and a lot of these coaches, they're not the only ones. That guy no. in Los Angeles, the guy for the Chargers, Chargers the worst. He'll go for it on fourth and twenty I, at his own thirty in the, he's in unbelievable. the second quarter. It's it's, yeah. it's just like, what are you doing? I just think that they the the whole going forward and forth. And Doug did this a lot too. He was very aggressive, and you know it worked big time. Uh, so credit to him. But I just don't think they realize or th- want to consider the ramifications if their brilliant play call doesn't work. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But and say they, the horses, they they have the guys on defense who can who could pick them up. They have a they've a I mean, it's a little it's a little banged up right now, but they have a good defense when they are healthy to pick them up on and it gives them that opportunity also on offense to come back right. and shove it right down your throat to call those fourth down plays. Yeah, and you're showing confidence in your guys, and that was a big Doug thing. I, I believe in my guys, and that right, you know, gets the locker room all fired up and all that stuff. But you know, here we are, and what happens if we're in late January and the San Francisco 49ers roll in here uh, with Debo Samuel back? Um, you know, you fall behind to that team because they, you know, they can beat you so many different ways. Then what happens? You know, that's where you want to really see wow. what's Jalen Hurts got. And, and it's not even that, Harry, to me, and this, the, the argument that I was making about, about the coaches being what they, you know, making these decisions is, you know, you're 12 and one, that's great. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, you can get away with getting one wrong in the regular season. Like, sure. oh, yeah, we screwed it up and the yep. other team came down and scored. It's not going to, in the grand scheme, it's not going to kill us because we're still a good enough team that we're going to be there in the end. You make that mistake one time in the playoffs. It's, it's over. It could, it could be over. It could be over. Yeah. It could be yeah, over. Right. So that's, that's why I'm saying that, I those are the things that I worry about more than the actual talent because I think that the talent is there. That obviously the talent yeah. is there. I just worry that you get into a situation, say, like you mentioned, San Francisco. They're a team that they're not afraid of anybody, no. anywhere. They the way that they play defense, as physical as they are. They I was telling uh, Kyle they have only given up 10, uh, 10.7 points per game in the last six games, sixty four yeah. points in the last sixteen. That defense is legit and it's elite. And if you try that on them. And then all of a sudden it doesn't work. And then they come back at you with all the skill players they have on offense and score. That could be the difference in a game yeah. that, that ends up costing you. And then you're, you're sitting there at the end of the season going, man, we were 16 and two and we lost in the, 
we didn't even get to the Super Bowl because of a stupid call. Right. You know, is that bad luck or is that, you know, or is that <laughs> just being over aggressive at the wrong time? I mean, that's what you have to kind of look at. And that's why I say until you get there, until you beat the better teams in games that matter, I can't put you ahead of those nope. teams that I saw in the past. I just no. can't. I can't either. I, I agree with you on that. Um, the 49ers are the only team I really fear. Yeah. I to be honest say. with you. Yeah. I mean, do you guys fear Dallas? I think of Dallas the, the, the week that we played them, Michael Parsons was neutralized before Lane Johnson went out with the concussion and left the game. Mm-hmm. I yeah. feel like once Lane Johnson went out, that's when Michael Parsons actually turned it up and, and, and wreaked havoc on, on the, uh, on the offense. Yeah, so, I think, no, I think to answer your question. I think Dallas is a good enough team that they could they could win a game against the Eagles, but I don't think that you go into it and saying, "Oh yeah, I, I, you know, this team can." Yeah, you know, we're not gonna. Yeah, we, we have to worry about this team. Oh, yeah. You know, they have they cause a lot. They they uh, pose a lot of problems. The 49ers pose problems. Yes. Yeah. But from schematics, from a talent and a schematic standpoint, they yeah. pose a lot. Even I love the Rock. coach. You're talking about with Brock, even with Brock Purdy. I don't think I there's much of a drop off from Garoppolo. There's nothing Jonathan Gannon likes more than a bad quarterback and 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 <laughs> focusing on on one other thing, and that could be Debo Samuel. Here's the difference between here's the difference. The 49ers' offensive line is as good as the Eagles' mm-hmm. offensive line. They will protect Purdy, and you're going to have to get after him. And Gannon does not blitz. Mm-hmm. So that that front four is going to have a is not going to have as easy a time getting into that backfield to get after him as you know as they do against other bad quarterbacks. It's a it's different when you put a average quarterback behind a great offensive line with a lot of weapons. With yeah, yeah. with a lot of great weapons. <laughs> True, but I'm willing to to take the defensive line that leads the league in sacks to getting to the quarterback. That's what I would say. That's well, that's okay sending an extra guy or two you know give me give me Hassan Reddick you know blitzing every once in a while give me uh you know give me an extra guy look they're going to be favored in that matchup oh yeah well, there's no doubt I mean it's not saying that the Eagles are a worse team it's just saying that that's a team that's going to come in here with a lot of experience other than quarterback with you know with a lot of swagger just like you have and not afraid to punch you in the mouth because they play a very physical style. And they're going to say, and Philadelphia, oh, we're playing in Philadelphia? It doesn't, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be overwhelmed by a Philadelphia crowd like some other teams right. would be. Like Minnesota would be. Like right. you know, Kirk Cousins. I don't I don't fear the, the Vikings. Yeah. I, mean, that's, I, just think that's, I just think that's a, it's a different breed. It's just how they are. Mm-hmm. And that's I'm not saying, again, the Eagles will be favored. It's just that's the team that I think that you got to avoid the longest. What do you here's Coggin, here's uh, Coggin checking in. On the flip side, you can't change the philosophy that's gotten you this far in the postseason. Did you want Doug to kick the field goal at the end of the half in the Super Bowl? Probably people did. Uh, and that's kind of another thing going back to Gannon. I know people don't love Gannon and everything, but his scheme is to limit the big plays. And I think that kind of plays into the hands when he when he, when he he plays against San Francisco. And, and, I mean, Brock Purdy got sacked three times last, last game. So, I mean, you know, and that was against who the hell did they just play? They played the Bucs. Tampa Bay um, without Vita Vea, who missed most of that game. I think he went out early in that game. Yeah. I mean, Tampa's got a decent defense, too. I mean, they're they not do. a bad defense by any stretch of the imagination. No. Fortnite still put up 35 points with a third string quarterback against mm-hmm. them. I know. Could, could have put up more, probably. Yeah, they yeah. stopped. They, they yeah. took the foot off the gas, actually. Yeah. I know. So here, so we didn't even we didn't even mention it, man. You're doing swinging and ding it. You're you're, yeah. you're doing betting content for the Philly Voice now, doing mm-hmm. the Ah Gs podcast on the Not for Long. You're on Not for Long, right? 
Yes, I am. Yeah. Them? Correct. Fantastic. Yeah, I want to ask what, that's you with this. Jason. Yeah, it was with Jason Martinez. Oh, yeah. Oh, good. I wanted to ask you this. You know, you're a you're a career radio guy. Give me your yeah. dream radio booth. You, another host, and a producer. Oh my God. I, you know, I may I may have already done that. Yeah. You know, I mean, the Tony Bruno show when we had uh, Joe Eunice or Nick Kale producing was a hell of a lot of fun. I mean, I, I'm very fortunate to have worked with a lot of great people in the industry. I mean, I worked with Jody Mack. That was that was a blast back on the old AM days before we even went to FM. Yeah, you know, I mean, I've done stuff with John DeBella, Tony Bruno. I mean, they, you know, you think about it, these guys in Philadelphia. There's there's a lot of talent here, you know. But I'd probably say Bruno uh, with either Joe Eunice producing or uh, Nick Kale. What went into like that being such a good team? just the craziness of Tony and, you know, being able to play off of him and not, you know, some I've talked to that have known him for a long time. And even guys that are program directors have said, you know, that they thought he sounded the best with me. So I took that as a huge compliment because, you know, he's, he's been there, done it all in the, in the industry and worked with some other great people too. So I, you know, I, I think it was just sort of a, a good group where the producer, you know, the, producer knew when to back off when to push one of us or when to push both of us and then i'd know when to tweak him and you know it was you could you could set him off in no time there wasn't the term triggered wasn't used back when we worked together but i triggered him on a daily basis yeah and i'll tell you i'll tell you and kyle you might be too young to really remember no, no, but, uh, the bruno and Mays days in no, no no no. i'm going further i'm gonna go a little further, go further back, further for back a second. yeah so i got you know i go back to tony when he was first at wip oh know, yeah mr monday night and all that stuff and then when he went out to the west coast from in la and you were you were listening to him online uh, um, sports show the tv yeah, show yeah and they did the tv thing like so i remember all that stuff and i can tell you with absolute certainty tony was at his best when he was with Harry, yeah. no, that, was I the, that was that. That, that was the that was the best pairing for Tony. Yeah. As crazy as he was at times in those other um, uh, environments, I guess mm -hmm. the, the the show that he used to, that he did with you, Harry, was when Tony was at his best. Yeah, and I just great. thought it was great chemistry between you guys. Yeah, me too. I, I love those days. I laughed my ass off every day for about three and a half out of the four hours. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Is that when you know it's good? You know, when it's just that easy and just, um, just you're like, yeah, you're like shooting when it's shit fun. in a bar. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, you know, it can be a grind. I mean, there's no doubt yeah. about when you're trying to, you know, grind phone calls on a, on a slow day and a slow month of the sports calendar, it cannot be fun. But we we've pretty much found a, a way to have fun mostly every day. Some at, at, at the, uh, you know, my program director didn't necessarily like the way how we did it every day, <laughs> you know, but uh, we, we were having fun. What were some of the gripes? Did you guys like not like to take phone calls or did you not like to or just kind of the way you guys just fucked around? Well, I just think that, you know, like the the forced content of talking about pretty much the same thing every day uh, gets to be a grind and that's you know they, that can beat you up a little bit but hammer the eagles hammer the eagles hammer yeah the yeah yeah but i've always said i've always uh, said when people say is that is it hard i said hey i'm not tarring a roof yeah. you know what i mean like this is pretty easy work so very fortunate they can uh, always do eagles 
I mean, I was on their show a couple of times, so I mean, they did talk Flyers a few times, right? We did, yeah. We did. I remember. I remember sitting out at the uh, Flyers alumni golf outing with you guys. Oh yeah, and we right. had like a, a whole 25, 30 minute segment, and it was hysterical. Like we were just laughing the entire time. Right. It was a really, really good time with you guys then. And then when you know when the when the Sixers were doing the process, you know, it was hard not to talk about that during the season because of right. what they were doing, and it was so unconventional. And then the players that they'd start to to filter in. So there was other stuff to talk about. But you know, I I was with Jody when the Phillies were you know in their run in two thousand eight two thousand nine. That was a freaking blast because Jody you know loves baseball. I mean, right. he's primarily first a baseball guy, yeah. and uh, we you know we did the parade. I was fortunate enough to do two parades. You know, during the show, you know, the parade was going on and yeah. we're out there. I mean, that was it was a tremendous experience. What what was your favorite era? So I'm going to break them into the Eagles run from like 2000 to 2004. The, the Phillies run from 07 to 11 uh, and then the process era. What was your favorite era, you think? Out of those three, I'd say the Phillies run because the the early the Andy Reid run, I wasn't on the fanatic. I was up in the Lehigh Valley for, I'd say, what was it? 2003, four and five. So. I was up there for for the majority of those NFC Championship, you know, and Super Bowl run before. Yeah, that was before even the uh, the th- the fanatic got underway. Hmm. So, so I, I'll, I'm, I'll I'm say gonna, the Phillies. I'm going to throw something at you, Harry, because I I have a what I feel is a minority opinion um, for many, especially in the, the with the uh, younger generation. But I think that maybe you might be in line with me. Yes, this is always going to be a football Eagles town. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. But when the Phillies are good, it rivals. It's almost on the same par when it comes to fan interest in this town as football. Fair? Is that a, is that a yeah, fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, you know, we lived it during that time when, you know, what, 07 through 2012, 2011, whenever it crashed and burned. I mean, that was an incredible, you know, run of years. And the thing about the baseball season, it's every day there's right. action, you know, and, and it and it starts or you're, you're looking forward to pitchers and catchers. We used to count down the days, yeah. you know, when when the, the truckload of equipment and stuff would drive the Clearwater it was like a day we celebrated back then. And then it yeah. went away for a while. And I think it's back now with this crew because, I mean, they really pulled me back in. I had drifted away from baseball with the analytics and, of course, with the team going into, into the into the tank for a, a couple of years, getting old and then, you know, trying to, to, to dig their way out of it and build, build up the minor league system. But I'm back on it now. How can you not be? That was, that was some, some incredible fun mm-hmm. in the second half of that season and on into the playoffs, man. Oh, it was the best because like we, yeah. we, we didn't have to talk about like a, a six and O seven and O Eagles team. We could talk about, Hey, what happened in the LCS? What happened in the, uh, the world series that day? Like just, it just gave you something so different because we haven't right. had that in right. 14 yeah. years yeah. or 11 years. We haven't had to, you know, talk about the Phillies in October and November. It was kind of like people were like rediscovering some guy. I ran into a guy on the street the other day and he was like, yeah, I stopped reading crossing broad. Cause I was just so angered at all the sports uh sports in, in in philadelphia but i picked it back up during the phillies run like we mm. we saw an ins- i mean we could fart out an article and it would do ten thousand, twenty thousand views on wow across yeah. the broad. easy yeah but by, by the time we hit publish i mean people just people were so reinvigorated because it was just something else to talk about something else to do right. something else to pay attention to um yeah instead of six weeks into the eagles a six and oh eagles team is this the best eagles team you've ever seen six well, one now we're doing it 13 <laughs> games in 13 games in we're doing okay, it now 
because baseball season's over, Kyle. Well, like, yeah, well, right, right. What are you going to do? Talk about the Sixers or talk about the, no. the Flyers right now? Absolutely no, not. No, no, no. Anthony, um, the floor is yours on the. Floor. No, I, no, I'm glad. I'm glad I've been on the show now 48 minutes. Kyle hasn't asked me one Flyers question. I think nope. that an hour of conversation enough is punishment enough for me uh, <laughs> on my own on my own podcast to talk about that. Team. I don't know how my partner Jason does these daily Flyers uh, podcasts. I mean, to talk about, you know, I, I don't know. I credit. I feel him. like I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm I'm like shampoo instructions every time. Uh, I, I go on and talk. I talk with him. I go on his show too. It's it's like uh-huh. you know, wash, rinse, repeat. I mean, it's everything's the same every time. It's <laughs> terrible. Um, <sighs> Philly Philly Pit 03 checking in here. Hair in yeah. 2011, you and Tony would talk about betting the Phillies every day to win, and it was insane how much you would win if you just bet them money line every game since they got off to such a good start. Do yeah. you remember that? Oh yeah, I mean that was back, you know, before it was cool to talk about betting. I mean, I was I was always talking about betting, yeah. uh, much to the chagrin of Matt Nahagian because he'd be, you know, he'd just like, "Can you stop talking about gambling?" And I'm like, "Why? Like, eighty percent of my audience is making a bet on something. Like, That's why right. wouldn't I talk about it?" That's right. So, yeah. but you know, now it's cool. It's everywhere, and everybody's got a promo code and and an app. So. We're good. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> yeah, so, it's open up so many different revenue streams for that for this industry. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, you guys, you know, sports radio, you know, digital content. It's it's amazing. Where would we be without it? The difference is, is you used to have to call a number, let it ring twice, and let them re- call you back. Right back then, as now, now you just do it, you know, right through the app on your right. phone. <laughs> the stone ages of you being up at three in the morning and the infomercials coming on, being like, "I have picks right now for seventy nine ninety nine. The first one's free. The next four are going to cost you. If yeah. this five star game loses, you get the rest of the season for free. <laughs> bye, bye, call, 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 call. Yeah, man. I mean, those and. uh those and the late night, um, I forget who used to do it, but the, the memorabilia stuff, the sports memorabilia oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. My dad and his buddies used to be, we had a bar in the basement growing up, and they used to be there two, three in the morning, calling onto this hotline, being like, <laughs> Steve Carlton signed baseball, give it to me. Four, four prices, four uh, installments of $14.99, I'll pay that off. <laughs> Wow. Uh, it takes me back. Man. Yeah. Yeah, Sometimes sure. technology is not always the best. Sometimes you got to go back to the, uh, the good know. times of, of information. Oh, I think we just Uh-oh. lost Kyle. Did, did he just freeze? He just froze. He froze yeah, I've been out. freezing. Oh, I've been freezing all game. That's the first. Yeah, he did it again. There did it go. again. Yeah, it's a good thing I'm wow. still on here. Yeah, some at least somebody from the from the from the Crossing Broad channel is around to keep keep things moving in case you kind of disappear. What's right? Kincaid up to right now? Prepping for World Cup action. <laughs> That's why I'm on because he's sick. Oh, he is again. <laughs> Dude, a lot of people are getting sick multiple times uh, yeah. in the last couple of months. I've known a couple of guys that have had the flu like twice in the last four months. Uh, oh man, are they getting checked for their flu vaccine? Oh yeah, I don't know. Knock wood, I haven't had anything. So just checking. Yeah, I don't know. I I built up my immune system during my twenties and thirties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pre pre twenty twenty, we built up our immune systems. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And a, you, a heavy- back, you back with us there, Pagan? <laughs> A heavy diet of vodka doesn't do bad either against germs. <laughs> uh, I, I go with the Woodford Reserve. I'm oh, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's uh, that's good. More more of a uh, more of a whiskey guy. Yeah, so. and I like the Kentucky stuff, preferably to the Tennessee too. Woodford's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's really really yeah. good. That's that's really kind of the the angle that I go for. So Buffalo Trace is another one that I that's, love. You can't yeah. find it. 
that's a hard one to get. It's a hard one to find. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So. Absolutely. Um, oh, there he is. He's back. I was just about to. I mean, you pay all this goddamn money for Comcast and they and, and you sit you sit next to the uh, the router right here. Right. Rising, man. And it's still I like Comcast I and they fired me. I like them. <laughs> Verizon, baby. <laughs> Comcast is so bad they had to give they had to change the name of their service so that people wouldn't recognize it when it first happened. That's just <laughs> good branding, baby. That's Infinity. good branding. Well, what yeah. was Verizon before it became Verizon? Because I was with them back then and I forget the name. Was it singular, was it? I don't think well, so. Well, they didn't have they didn't have a they didn't have a internet service. No, it was just phone. Yeah, it was just phone. Um, oh, was man. it Bell of Pennsylvania? Well, Bell goes way back. Bell, yeah, it was Bell Atlantic Corp. Before. Bell Atlantic. Okay. Yeah, and GTE. I don't know if okay. you remember that. Yeah, yeah, wow. that's what Verizon. That's what Verizon is now, right? Yeah. But they also, I think that they did. They may have eaten up Singular. Hmm. Uh, Kyle, I don't think you're wrong there. If you look up Singular, I bet you that that I know that somebody ate them up. I don't know if it was AT and T, but I think it was Verizon. Yeah. They've been dissolved a hundred ways. It's the same with AT&T, too. I know Comcast ate them up for a little bit on a little bit of their uh, divisions. But, hey, Hair, I'm a Temple guy. Uh, yeah. I'm a Temple alum. You're a Temple yes. alum. How do you feel about the basketball team? I'm they just- massively disappointed. Ugh. I mean, the loss on, on Saturday or whatever it was to Penn – I mean, I, I'm curious to see what they look like when they play Ole Miss on Saturday uh, on the road because the last eight minutes of that game, they looked like they just gave up. I mean, they gave up a 24-3 run to Penn and were getting dunked on. Um, you know, by guys named Leskowski. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah, there's, John Kane, John Chaney would be rolling over in his grave if he knew Polish guys were dunking on Temple right yeah, now. Yeah, at the Palestra, no at less. Palestra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am massively disappointed. I was thinking that this was going to be the year that where they were going to finally put together a team that could get to the tournament, and it started off bad with uh, you know the t- the loss to Wagner in overtime and. You know, uh, the whole battle thing, you know, is they, ju- they just don't seem to gel together, uh, you know, with him back in the lineup. I mean, you know, they've got talent. I don't think Aaron has done a good job. I think he's sort of coaching them like an NBA team. And you can't do that in college unless you've got Kentucky talent. OK, mm-hmm. you know, you can't get away with that. you got to coach these guys. they got to coach possessions. you got to run offense. You yeah. can't just have guys, you know, just, you know, dribbling and passing off and, you know, trying to get a three or an easy look at the basket. you got to run a set offense, and I don't see him doing it. Well, the que- I guess the question I have as far as Temple basketball is concerned is, you know, when you look at the American this year, aside from Houston, is I mean, is Memphis like a, for real? Other than that, I mean, is there another team in the American that you look at and say, oh, that's a lock to go to the tournament? No, Memphis Memphis plays Alabama tonight, and I'm going to watch that game because I'll get a good read on them with a a very uh, athletic Alabama team that just beat Houston, by the way, last weekend in Houston. But, yeah, you're you're right. I mean, I don't really know what – you know, what is Cincinnati? What is Wichita State? I mean, are they coming back? You know, you know what other teams are there outside? Houston's a team that could win it all. Right. I mean, they're a legit team that can win the national championship. And, uh, you know, they're, they're the measuring stick. And then they're going to be going to the Big 12. And you're like, is Temple poised at this point to become the Houston of the new American Athletic Conference? I don't know that I can say that. Yeah. You know, you you're are you on board with them getting out of the uh, American? I don't know where they would go, but yeah, I don't know where they would go. The Big East isn't 
letting him in. I mean, there's no. people fantasizing still about that. That's never going to happen. The so. only one I could potentially see just because of the market is the AAC or ACC. Or the ACC. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you know, would I welcome that? You know, sure. I mean, the, the football team would be trying to go six and six every year and, yeah. you know, go to a, a low level bowl game and we'd be hoping to rebuild a basketball team. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Are you, uh, are you team temples still a basketball school? <laughs> yeah, I teeter on that. They haven't been. When was the last time they were a basketball school? Um, when Khalif Juan White Fernandez was here? Nah, Earl- Cleef White against Indiana, man. We took Indiana oh, to, yeah. to the last possession. Right. That team, come on, that team was awesome. They called a bad foul on Temple, on Barnes, I think, in that game, didn't they? I think so. The the last one I remember is when they played Iowa in the first round, and that oh, they got big beat. center yeah. pushed off at the end. Yep. And, and, and they uh, had it from the in. camera above the rim. You oh. could see the push off. Do you it's see it? Do you see? Do you see what Temple basketball does to the alumni? Oh, we man. just want it to be good again. I know. We just want to. You didn't ask me about my alma mater. Yeah, who's who's your alma mater? American University, baby. Oh wow! Beat Georgetown for the first time since 1982 this year. Wow! The Eagles, the Eagles, right? <laughs> American <laughs> off to off to a not, uh, seven and two start in the in the Patriot League. It's gonna be them and Colgate battling it out for that man. 15 seed this year. Hey man, don't let the Eagles did- get hot, baby. Didn't they give Villanova a run in the first round years ago? They did. You they remember correctly? Them. Yeah, they did. Right. They were with. They were winning most of the game, and I think in the uh, with about five minutes to go, they were only down a bucket, and then Villanova pulled away at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Here, last question about Temple basketball. What do you think about the Big Five? People are calling for the death of it after you know people aren't you know they didn't really have that great of a uh, a turnout this weekend, and and that LaSalle uh, LaSalle Temple. St. Joe's Penn. Well, the LaSalle game was, I think, on a Wednesday night, and the yeah. weather was crap. Um, you know, it it takes a lot for me to leave my house in the in winter, <laughs> especially when it's raining and to go downtown. I mean, I've admitted I'm old. You know, I, I like things easy. <laughs> but no, I don't think there's the death of the Big Five. I still think it, it's it's great that all the teams play one another. Would it be cool if they still played afternoon? You know, double headers at the Palestra on a Saturday. Yes, it would be cool. Uh, do I see that happening on a regular basis going forward? No, because all these teams have their own things pulling them in other directions. And, you know, I get it. Uh, but just take it for what it is. It's, you know, it's 2022 version of the Big Five. It's not as good as it was in the 80s when I was at Temple and Lionel Simmons and, you know, all that that great stuff. I mean, McGonagall Hall was awesome. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm watching the number one team in the country playing Villanova at McGonagall Hall and everybody's yelling at Rolly Massimino. I mean, it's never going to be like that again, but I accept it for what it is. See, I disagree with that, man. I think we, I think, I think we get Drexel in it. We make it a six and we not like, we'll make it the city six tournament and you'll do it. You do a tournament for one weekend. Oh, a tournament. Yeah. yeah. I can go for that. And sure. you just, you just seed it as, as they did, um, as they came in last year. So this year would be Temple and Villanova probably would have the one, two seeds, three and four, five and six. And then, you know, maybe give Temple, uh, and Villanova a hey, first round buy. Barstool had a tournament here. Let's get Kyle Scott to sponsor it. And they call it the crossing broad basketball tournament at the palestra. I'll tell you what, if, if Barstool came back in and did their invitational and took the big five for a tournament, it would bring the big five back. It would. Tomorrow. It would tomorrow. Although, from what I understand, that tournament did not draw. Very well. uh, it didn't not. draw physically, but I think it did draw viewership. On it, the viewership was good, but yeah, the yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe we maybe we take that invitation and we move it to a smaller arena. Can you name there. the four yeah. teams that played in it? Uh, was Albany in it, or Siena? Oh, Akron was in it. Yeah, you're Mississippi right. Maybe State might have been in it. 
Really? Tulane might have been in it. Maybe not. But yeah, it was it was teams that have no wow. geographical yeah. uh, significance to this to this area. That's right. Um, the palestra, and I think it would work. Hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, you you do a podcast called Swing It and Ding It. Yeah. What's your biggest pet peeve on the golf course right now? Pet peeve uh, that I can't get out there. It's freezing cold, and uh, I can't get out there. I, I, a, I, a guy like me needs to live in Florida or Arizona during the winter. I mean, I, I'm trying to convince my wife wants to do it because she plays more golf than me, so it'll happen sooner than later. Trust me on that. But I mean, I should be there today. I should be in Florida today, and I should be on and you know on a golf course. So that's my pet peeve today. It's true. Everything going digitally too. You can just you can just right. radio in from uh, from out there. What's your what's your pet pet peeve when uh, you know it's it's warm out. When I'm playing, um, let's see, slow play and guys who just can't stop talking. I like a As little, you're like I over like, a shot. I like quiet. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I That's do my a- talking on the Crossing Broad podcast. I, I don't <laughs> yeah. talk a lot on the golf course. I guess course. that is true. You probably talk like 20, 30 hours a week, 40 hours a well, week. Well, I used to. Like, I used yeah, to. You're like, yeah. yeah, you're like, uh, I, I don't want to talk to anybody. Out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So were you a big like go play by yourself guy or would you always have to be? I do that. Over? Yeah, I'll yeah. do that. Yeah, and that's how that's how I tore my ankle up a couple of years ago. I was playing by myself, hitting two or three balls on a hole. Was one of the only guys out in there in the golf course and tore up my ankle and had to lay there and wait until somebody you know stumbled upon me fifteen minutes later to call the ambulance. <laughs> I was out playing shit. by myself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, of all the things that could happen out playing by yourself, I would say like getting hit by a ball and just right. falling under a tree and no one being able to find you. Or, you know, uh, I don't know, alligator comes and bites your hand off old mm-hmm. happy Gilmore style. Yeah. But to just tear your ankle up. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah. What, what is, what's your uh, favorite course to play in this area? Well, the ones that I can get on from time to time. I yeah, mean, I've, I've, been been to the- P- I've been to Pine Valley twice, which okay. I'm so fortunate of. It's uh, unbelievable. Words can't describe it. I've never played Marion. Uh, I've played the cricket club. It's amazing. Uh, but I would probably say the rolling green is one of my favorites, uh, of all time. My backyard basically. Yeah. I love yeah. that place. Yeah. It's great. There's so many good ones here though. Yeah. You know, have you ever, have you ever done Glen Mills? Um, Glen Mills. I have, uh, not golf mills. Golf okay. mills is right across the highway from my house. And it's one of the best private clubs that nobody hardly even knows about. It's yeah. hard to get on, but yeah. Glen mills is a great public course, course. that I've played yeah. a, a bunch of times. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's a lot of people who keep talking it up and saying how it's a, such a great public course and it should so well maintained that it really should, uh, the, the tour should really start thinking about finding a way to get a, get something on there because it's where it's located and mm-hmm. you get good parking and good attendance and it's just outside the city and all that good stuff. And so anyway, I was just, I'm just curious. What your yeah, I played it. It's a, it's a great design. It was about 90 bucks to play it, which, yeah. which, you know, I thought was fair. Yeah. You ever play, you ever play Walnut Lane? Yeah. I played My there a couple course. times this past year. I, the, the, what they've done with that, with the first tee, uh, where they really took it over and reinvested in the golf course, they're doing they do a, an amazing job over there. That's a that's a great layout. It's quirky, but a great layout. <laughs> quirky is yeah. the way to describe mm-hmm. it. When you play four holes in a row, and you could probably go to either green on the on the uh, on the drive. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's quirky tremendous. is the uh, quirky's the thing. Yeah. Um. That one hole where you have to like, it's a par three, and if you hit a laser, it goes right into the hill. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah, it's it sets above about a hundred and what hundred and forty yards, maybe hundred and thirty-five yards. Yeah. I've picked up 
plenty of times on that and mm-hmm. just said, we're going to go to the next hole. Right. There's no chance I'm getting it. If you hit a bad shot, there's no chance you can find it. It's right. over water. It's up a hill. Uh, it's the worst. And I'm already a terrible golfer. So. <laughs> but one of the lanes is the best because then you just go to Dallas Andrews or Chubby's. After, That's right. After. That's right. So, and you got anything else? No, I'm good. <laughs> well, here, man. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah. We really appreciate it. This was a yeah. good catch up of the yeah. big five golf in your favorite local courses and everything. And this Eagles team. And, uh, you know, we'll definitely have you on again. I really appreciate it. Good to talk to both of you guys. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Enjoy Take the soccer. Easy. I'm getting ready to watch soccer. Oh, oh yeah. It's one of two. Who you got? Yeah. Prediction. Quick prediction. Well, I'm hoping our Argentina and France face off in the World Cup final. I think that would be the best thing. Yeah. I mean, I guess we got Croatia in the last World Cup, and I don't even remember what happened in that final. So, yeah, I, I would say Argentina. Messi versus Mbappe. That'd be fun. That would be pretty good. Yeah. 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 Nobody, wants right, Morocco. Nobody wants to see Morocco. Nah. Yeah. Isn't that a fun story? They've, no? they've gone far enough. It's kind of like a, you know an outlier in the final four. It's like I don't want to see this team in a championship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like George Mason versus Kentucky. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Come on. Exactly. Hey, Butler almost beat Duke that one time. I know. I was there. True. That, right? I was in Indian. I was in Indianapolis at the Lucas Oil Stadium. They had yeah. that half court shot that almost went down. It almost went in. Yeah. 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 So you never Good know stuff. That's true. Thanks, All right, here. Guys. Hey, thanks for coming on. Yeah, you thanks, All right. Uh, you got anything else today? I'm just trying to think if I had anything else written down that I want to talk to you about, but I don't think I do. Jalen Rager guaranteed a win. Don't get us stuck in the NFL, but just don't be loud about it when you. You, you know start. what? <laughs> Jalen Rager's guaranteeing victories, and yet the, the the Detroit Lions' entire offensive line had more receiving yards and more catches than he did. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that, that's when you just got to kind of look in the mirror and just be like, how much longer on my rookie deal? Is this for me? Stop. Just just when you're if you're not a contributor, you don't have any room to do any of that nonsense. Just yeah, you gotta start looking at your mutual funds and diversifi- diversifying your portfolio. Yes. Just just be happy you have the job. Right. Just be there. Be a good teammate. You know, don't rock, don't rock the boat. Don't cause any waves. Just do what you got to do. And hope that somebody gives you another contract. I mean, that's really, if you're Jalen Rager, that's what you have to do, you know. But some people don't know, so they don't learn. (laughs) All right. Well, hey, I'm happy to give you an hour, an hour, 15 minutes off from uh, talking about the Flyers. Gee, thanks. Anytime. Anytime you want to come on, I really appreciate it. Yeah. And, you know, see, I mean, I'm not just a hockey guy. We're not just a baseball guy. I could do the football thing. Kind of, you know, I didn't really agree with many of your points you had. You may not agree. I, I'm still watching and paying attention. You are still watching and paying attention. We have, we've been, hey, me and you have been on the 49ers for about 10 weeks now. All right. Yeah. I've always been scared of the 49ers. I'm less scared of them now that uh, the whole Jimmy G Brock party situation. I, Brock Purdy's going to have to show me a little bit more for me. to. I, I do need to see more. Like, I, I, I was kind of quiet about it. Like, I was, as a matter of fact, yeah, I'm in this uh, football pool. We have to pick the game every week, every game, every week. And I didn't take San Francisco against Tampa. I took Tampa, and it was, and the reason was, I, I have no idea what this kid's going to do against mm-hmm. a, against a legit defense. Like Tampa's got a legit defense. I know Tampa can't move the ball, but I mean, I thought this was going to be a low scoring. It was going to be like a, you know, seventeen fourteen kind of game. Mm-hmm. And I watched the whole game and was like, you know what? Shanahan knows how to use this kid. Um, I'm not saying he's going to be perfect. I mean, he got he got lucky on that one play where he threw an interception, and there was a uh, there was a defensive hold that kind of you know mm-hmm. uh, allowed he him to it. 
yeah. Yeah, negated it, right? So he's he's not going to be perfect, but if he could be a game manager, if he could be an Alex Smith type guy, that's enough to win with San Francisco. Eagles play the the 49ers in the NFC Championship. Just two coaches that sometimes just outcoach themselves. Correct. Oh, that'll be a talking heads dream. I, I'm not right. a Sh- I'm not a huge Shanahan fan either. Yeah. Like I, I not a, like Harry likes him a lot. I think he's really smart. I think he he's creative, but I think game day, I think is where he fails. I think he's got a, that 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 old Andy Reid gene. Do he like, overpreps too much? He's I think he's he's great in design, great in strategy and schematically and planning and all that good stuff. And when you get into the moment. Sometime he's gonna make up. He's gonna make a decision that's gonna kill him. I mean, the, nothing worse than the freaking Falcon Super Bowl against mm-hmm. against the uh, the Patriots. Never I mean, that was it. that was the total coach choke job. Oh yeah, there. I mean, yeah, I recall about how great the comeback was, but was it really? Like, oh, I mean, <laughs> who who was the head coach? Was it Mike Smith? No, was it? It was. Who was the head coach of the Falcons? It was Shanahan. No, he was offensive oh, coordinator. Oh no, that's right. He was offensive coordinator. It was um. Uh, yeah, I guess it was Mike Smith. Mike Smith was yeah. the head coach then. I feel like more people blame Shanahan for that game yes. than they do yes. Mike Smith. Yes, that's right. Yes. Uh, yeah, no, right. absolutely. I mean, that was the thing. I mean, so that's the kind of coach he is. He's got that gene. And so, like, it, just as much as I say there's concern that, you know, Sirianni or, or Gannon or whatever will overcoach or make a bad choice, that that's just as equal for San Francisco, right? Shanahan could do just as equally do the same thing. Dan Campbell. Was the uh, was the head coach? Dan Campbell was the head coach of that I think team. Dan Campbell was the head coach. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because there's always there's always those pictures after of uh, Arthur Blank just standing behind Dan Campbell, and he looked like he just wanted to like send him to the gulag. Wow. By the way, what do you, what yeah. do you think of uh, what's his name in Detroit now? Dan Campbell. Oh wait, no, not Dan Campbell. What am I thinking of? No, it's not Dan Campbell. Who the fuck was it? It's the it's the defensive coordinator from. Uh, from Dallas, right? Oh, you're gonna make me look it up now. What do I think of Dan Campbell, though? Yeah, that's who you're. That's that's why that's why that rang a bell think, in my head. <laughs> I think uh, he was the coach in, in Atlanta. No, yeah. uh, I think he gets the guys to play for him. Do I think he's like some like? No, no, I don't he, think. He's, no, Dan I don't Quinn. Think Dan Quinn. Dan who Quinn. Who it was? Is, yes, that's who you're thinking. <laughs> Dan Quinn. Yes. Um, I, I mean. What do you think of Nick Sirianni? I mean, the guy doesn't call plays. The guy's kind of a rah-rah guy. He's really good at building teams and everything. I mean, yeah, but I think I think Sirianni is I think Sirianni's more involved with the, the the scheming of the game all week long than I think Dan Campbell is in in Detroit. What do you think Dan Campbell does all week? <laughs> Just watches Netflix in the coaches room or something? <laughs> Like, or is no, it kind of like I, he gives his two cents and everyone's like, okay, Dan, thanks. You yeah, can go well, I back think he's, watching, obviously he's in on the meetings, but but like I, I'm I'm impressed with how he's taken a little bit of a little bit of a of a what we consider, I guess, an old school mentality with that team. And he's made them a tougher team. Okay. And I and I think in football that's a that's kind of a thing that's been disappearing over the last several years. Playing a more physical style, being a bit, being a little bit more of a tough team, not being afraid to go and and, and play a tough, a good team, and you know, punch like I said earlier, punch them in the mouth, right? I mean, like yeah. I, I I like that approach, and I don't think enough teams do it, and I think that he's brought that to the Lions, and that's why 
they're playing as well as they're playing. And don't don't look now. And this might be kind of takey. They might be number seven in the playoffs. Oh, all right. We'll clip that. It, we'll clip Just it saying. whether it works or not. But Could happen. If it works, we'll definitely clip it. Um, I think in a couple of years, we're going to be talking about Dan Campbell having the most impressive seven and ten teams of, of <laughs> all time. That's what I think of Dan Campbell. I I just don't believe, you know, in the in the in the playing tough football. I, I think you I think you look at Mike Vrabel and that's just a guy who is a leader of men, a good coach, uh, yeah. you know, has had success in the NFL before. Um, I think that's, you know, the guy you want. I think Dan Campbell is kind of the Dan Campbell of that tough nose coach. Yeah, I, I think that's a, I think that's fair to say that. Um but uh, what what I think is is lost sometimes in in coaching and, and leadership today in all sports, not not just football, but I think in all sports is the ability to actually lead a group of people, right? I mean, you're mm-hmm. there's such a desire to hire you know, the next great offensive mind or the next great defensive mind or the, the coach who's got his nose in the in the, in the analytics and, yeah. you know, is running simulations through their computers and this and that. And that's all well and good. And it, and there's going to be guys that are going to be successful out of that. And, and that's certainly a path to follow. But I do think there's something to be said for people who know how to to lead a group of people who know how to manage personalities Right. And I think that you might not be the you could you could be freaking Ted Lasso today and be successful in a lot 100%. of hundred percent. Right. I, mean, I that's agree. hundred percent. Yeah. And I think that Dan Campbell is kind of our NFL version of Ted Lasso in that I, in that regard. I think Mike Tom, that was the Mike Tom model. It was not a he's not an offensive genius. He's not a defensive genius. He's just a really good coach's coach. Now, yeah. then you have a step further when you have a coach's coach like Andy Reid. And then you also have like an offensive mind that's like at the top of his game forever. Now, I think people but I do think you're 100 percent right where people are going to look at the characteristics of how can you lead these people? Do these people gravitate towards you? They're going to be asking like, you know, I'm sure the Eagles asked Frank Reich, like, you know, do, do guys respect Nick Sirianni? And he probably told him like, yeah, the guys love him and stuff. And that's that's what we see with, with Nick Sirianni right. right now. Nick Sirianni, obviously, like you said, he's in the he's in the meetings and everything. He's game planning and stuff, but he handed plays off to Shane Steich, and I'm sure he's more focused on relationships and relationship building and getting guys to buy in and stuff. And no, I 100% agree. I mean, there's still going to be your offensive geniuses and your defensive geniuses, but you know those kind of qualities that make up uh, yeah. you know, good people in business too. And, and right, actually, exactly. I agree. I think it's a, it's a thing. Uh, just so you know, the last four games for the Lions: Jets, Panthers, Bears, Packers. Wow. Just saying, they may not be seven and ten. There might be a winning record in there. Nine and eight, seven seed. Could you could get you in? Giants fall. Damn, Command, Commanders fall. Wow. All right, we'll, we'll, clip, we'll clip that for all our Philadelphia audience of you calling the uh, Lions. That's <laughs> the seven seed, and we'll send it over. Hey, before we go, are, is are the Flyers still finally buying in that we need a a top pick in this draft? It feels like it. The coach buys into it. Fine by me. That's all I need to know. I'm not certain that the general manager's bought into it. Well, that's, but then again, also, I'm not certain that the general manager is going to have his job in, in a month. So yeah, yeah. When you're trying to, it's, it's kind of hard when you know you're you're on the hot seat and it benefits the organization to lose, and yeah. you're the general manager. So yeah. All right. Well, and thank you so much. Thank hey, you to time, Harry Mays. Thank you to Craig on the ones and twos behind the scenes. We will talk to you on Thursday.